0: What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. This is Colby Marshall with the Believe in Rugby podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, which is the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? This podcast is available on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. All those, as always, you can also find this podcast at believe.com, at Believe in Rugby on Instagram, and at Believe in Rugby on Instagram. Not only Instagram, but Instagram and Twitter. This week, guys, uh, we got a goodie. I'm not going to lie. Geo Cruz will be joining the podcast. Now, Gio is a friend of mine and a former collegiate rugby athlete at AIC before transferring to Lindenwood, which is a powerhouse school in college rugby for men and women. She was recognized as the most valuable player in the 2017 Women's Premier League Tournament as well as a junior college All-American. So on this episode, she not only talks about her rugby journey, but she touches on the role of minorities, lessons she learned from rugby, and barriers that women face in the game today. So she's definitely the full package and is actually currently in the midst of passing an EMT course. So congratulations G on that. Um, I'm very excited for you. I'm not surprised at all because you're you're brilliant and I'm extremely privileged to have you on this podcast. Gio what's up yeah uh, just tell everyone about how you got introduced to the game of rugby
1: right Um, so I when I first got introduced to it I was like in maybe 10th grade I think Um, and it was more so because our school was like new it was high school Um, we were we were a new high school in general where we didn't have like me being a 10th grader, we didn't have an 11th grade or a 12th grade. Um, when my class had graduated from like 10th, we would then become the 11th grade. And then, of course, like the 12th. Um, so they hadn't really established like any really, any like real sports or anything yet. Um, so it was like one of the first things that they gave to us because it was such a small school. And so they wanted us to be involved in something, but something that didn't cost like a lot of money. And of course, with rugby, you just need like a rugby ball um so that's what my coach did he just ordered like a ton of rugby balls we were all just like these look like blown up footballs um and we all became like super obsessed with it it was it was just the funniest thing that like we everyone picked up on it so quickly like all we wanted to do was play it all the time (laughs) It was, like, it sucked when we had to, like, change sports in class, but it was, like, part of the curriculum. Like, you had to go through all these different sports. And anytime we could, we'd bring out the rugby balls and just, like, pass them around. So it was very interesting.
0: Was it, like, hard to get into at first? Um, just because it was a new sport? Like, did you play any other sports before that that made it easier?
1: It was I, – I think we were – I specifically, I juggled with like football and stuff because I loved football at the time. And so in some way it was easy for me to like, you know, learn about it and coordinate my body towards like the stuff that I needed to, you know, properly play rugby. But also like the whole idea of throwing the ball backwards was such a foreign concept to all of us. Like it probably took us, I don't even know how long for everyone to register. Like our bodies move forward, the ball moves back. (laughs)
0: yeah, I, for whatever reason, we don't, we're just not used to that, <laughs> that concept.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Like, the first time you throw somebody into it, they're just, like, not prepared to move forward and throw a ball backwards. It's like, the ball should go forward or pass you, and it's like, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> so weird.
0: No, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> so then you continue to play into college, and you went to AIC your freshman year.
1: Yeah, I was there um, freshman year, and then I was there for my fall season or the fall semester of my sophomore year, and then I transferred.
0: Yeah. So, what went into I guess the decision to transfer?
1: Um, it was it was a combination of things. Um, I there was just so much like a transition happening my freshman year where like half the class ended up like transferring to a different school because my coach was transferring different school and so she took like a group of people and it was just weird for me because i didn't have a, a dynamic with the rest of the team that stayed there um but it was also like i knew the coach who was at Lindenwood now and he he's just a really like smart recruiter and I kind of just knew that if I had gone there I would have a better like rugby experience um so I was like super down and like the second that I had the opportunity to do it I like transferred everything and then went out to Missouri so that was interesting
0: (laughs) yeah that's interesting because Lindenwood is like a top-notch school on in the men's side and women's side but like at that time you're saying that they were even back then they were still like top tier
1: they were no they weren't they were just developing um the women's team was like I guess in that region when they played like local teams they were pretty good but to play other schools who were you know like division one and stuff they weren't like the best um and so we my the the coach that I went in there with he was he was so good at trying to get us to like play all these different types of teams. Even now he, he does everything that he can to get the girls to um, like play higher level teams. Like they'll play WPL teams and stuff. Um, But he always did his best to get us to play like anywhere that wasn't just in that small region, like in the Midwest, we would go to the East coast. Um, I think at some point he tried to get, to get us to play like, in the west coast too but of course it's, it was always about like transportation and stuff um what was easier for us to do so yeah it's developed over time but now they're like really really great but when i got there they were just starting off but it was it was an amazing experience so
0: for you personally you um actually did a lot of great things the sport i was kind of researching a little bit about you you were a women's premier league sevens mvp and uh an all-american i think at junior college is that correct
1: yeah yeah so it is it started off so weird honestly um i i guess i'm pretty humble about it because i don't talk about it more so because i don't remember so much of it um
0: i was going to say you have never told me any of this so
1: (laughs) it all progressed very like fast and it and it was a great like um road i got selected to be part of that first junior all-american team um when I like graduated high school which is funny because I really had no idea how to play 15s um we started off playing sevens so 15s was introduced to me literally my senior year when I was about to like go to college and start playing 15s all the time um but I got selected to go to that junior all-american thing and it was amazing I did learn a lot about 15s from there um then after like my first year of like college when I was playing 15s all the time, Um, I got invited to go to like one of the camps and at the camp, I then was selected to go on tour and play in Canada with the Junior All-Americans, which is super cool. Um, That was interesting. Um, I got, which was really cool and I didn't even realize the first game that we played, I ended up getting MVP for the game and I had no idea what was happening. Like I was in the middle of stuffing my face when they had, like, called me for it. So I thought that was a really funny story. Um, (laughs) After that year, when I went back to another camp, um, they, instead of keeping me in the junior All-American level, they started training me with the women, which was, like, such a terrifying thing. Um, But I thought it was cool how they just, like, I sat with my coach at some point, and I was like, why did you do this? And he was like, honestly, we think you're ready for, like, to play at the women level. So we even skipped they skipped me from going to the collegiate level and they put me with the women. So it was really cool. <laughs> it was also very terrifying because the women were huge and I had just like not been prepared for it playing like college level. So that was dope. Um, yeah. And ever since then, I like, well, occasionally I haven't done it so much. Um, two summers ago when I was, when I got that um, sevens dream team thing, I had actually just gone to like the last like women's camp that I had gone to. And from there I had been selected to actually go on tour with the women to play in like England and wherever else. Um, But then that was like right before I tore my hamstring. So.
0: What was the most like the best rugby trip that you've been on? Um, outside of the United States you mentioned you went to England where else like have you gone
1: I didn't even I didn't even get to go to England I had gotten selected to be part of that team and right before yeah it was right before that that I tore my hamstring Um, yeah so crazy it totally sucks I was like so close (laughs) but um, I think one of my favorite tours was actually Costa Rica Um, it was like a super chill tour and to To the people who had sent us to Costa Rica, it was like a developmental thing, mostly because there in Costa Rica, it still seemed like it was developing and stuff. And so when we had gone down there, we actually spent some time with some kids from school and just like tried to teach them. It's funny because they try to get me to like talk to them in Spanish. And then I was like, there's still some barrier here. Like they're not completely understanding me. And then we found out that they spoke French, which was even more like interesting we're like this is insane um but thankfully one of our teammates spoke French so she intervened but it was like such a cool experience everybody was like super cool they were so excited to like meet American rugby players and like learn from us and just talk to us and stuff which was super cool but it was a chill tournament um it was like hot enough where you could enjoy the heat but like also kind of hot where it was like I could be dying right now from running around like this. Um, it was great
0: though. And now was that fifteens or sevens that you were playing in or teaching?
1: That one that one was sevens. Sevens, oh sheesh. Yeah, so it it was interesting. Sheesh.
0: So I guess what would you attribute your growth in rugby to? Um, like did you have any role models that you looked up to? Was there a coach? I know you mentioned one of your coaches that were influential. Uh yeah was there anybody specific or anything specific
1: yeah for sure um my coach he was he was my high school coach and then he was the coach that I went to Londonwood with um he had gone over there because he wanted to like coach like at a collegiate level um since like day one he he like saw that I was very passionate about this sport and he would always like give me things to work on on my own Um, And so, like, there would be practices where I would spend, like, 20 minutes afterwards literally just working on, like, popping up to, like, poach a ball, um, which is one of the things that I'm just, like, really good at now. Um, And I still think about the fact that, like, I spent so many different practices, like, spending, like, up to, like, 30 to, like, an hour and a half of just, like, working on getting up poaching, getting up poaching. And it was just, like, continuous, boring same movement sort of like practice skills like skill work and it was um it was just great because at the end of the day like he helped me be you know with the with women's rugby they like specify how they they want to know what makes you different from other women rugby players like what is it that you can do specifically that can help you know your team and like stuff like that so him giving me that specific thing to work on all the time created this you know, this specific skill set that I could, you know, master and, like, show when I got to the women's level, Um, but he has, from day one, always been so great. He probably only even stepped on the field to play rugby himself, like, once or twice, and, I mean, you've seen the, like, women's Lindenwood team. They've been, like, completely amazing. He's just really good at, like, learning, you know, everything about the sport, breaking it down, and then like trying to incorporate, you know, as much of what he learns into what he's teaching, you know, the women. And of course, because he's so good at recruiting, he like, he can see the potential in each of them and like just creates, you know, a great dynamic between them. So he's been such a great influence in my life. Um, Tiff Fai, um playing with her and having her as a coach, was like hands down like the most amazing thing ever because not only was she such a like great teammate, like you can see, you you just learn from ha- having her as a teammate. The coaching style that she has, it's like you have no idea what it'd be like if you had that on the field with you. And to have like having played with her, um, I just wanna keep like learning from her as you know, the coach as she is because it's literally like having a voice in your head that's telling you what to do as you're playing.
0: I first met her when I was playing with Nyack during one summer and we were scrimmaging like amongst ourselves and after we were done our crew captains were like all right half of you guys stay here half of you guys go do this drill uh with Tiff so it was all happening so fast and Tiff was just like throwing all these drills at us and instructions and it was just like I could tell that she knew exactly what she was talking about and she was so fluent with with the game of rugby and
1: yeah, she's for sure been an incredible influence in my life completely. I, I had some PT, um, some guy who we started working with this past fall. He said that the, the thing that made him want to work with us the most was the fact that he walked over in the middle of one of our practices and like compared to what he was seeing the men doing, he walked over and was like, Tiff looked like she was running like a, a, you know an army drill with you guys or something she was just like on point and was like expecting perfection from you guys but it was so like you know like we gotta get this sort of thing and she was just hands down just like on it um and I was like yeah and it it feels amazing to have that as a coach because she she's teaching you specific skills and like is being so thorough about it that like You know, if you're not following through like what she's trying to get at you, she'll stop it. And like, come on, guys, what are what is it that I'm trying to get you guys to realize? I don't want to keep telling you guys. I want you to see for yourself sort of thing. So it's always been like so good to have her as a coach. And like I obviously miss her as a teammate, but she's been like such a great influence.
0: Yeah, I believe that. She's awesome. Um, What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from rugby?
1: Oh, man, for sure. Patience, hands down. I was a patient person when I started playing rugby. It's actually one of the reasons why they gave me the nickname Hulk is like my reaction to stepping on the field was just like smash. It was not to think things through, like see ahead. It was just like oh, I get to hit people. Um, but once I started to like grow and understand the sport, I realized that it was like, all right, let's, it's not always about like panic mode. It's not always like, let's rush things. Sometimes it's, let's slow it down. Let's see where we can, where the space is, how to create it sort of thing. Like, what is my teammate about to do? How can I incorporate my teammate skills and my skills to like create something? Um, so I've just like chilled out so much. <laughs> um Yeah, and it's it's also just created this thing where like now I'm more attentive to my teammates and what they need and how I can communicate with them, and while verbally I'm I'm sometimes really bad like I feel like I'll be talking and I'll just literally be saying things in my head and never it will never actually leave my mouth, Um, but it's because of that I've slowly come to realize like at least you know verbalize something once or twice during the game and so I've become better at like communicating with my teammates even if it's like after like they've scored or we scored to like take a minute and talk to someone about something I've noticed so that we can like fix it or do it better the next time Um, so that's also been really helpful.
0: As a woman in the in the game um, are there any barriers that you feel that you face throughout your career or that you've seen other women face that I guess men don't face or anything like that
1: oh yeah for sure um I don't know how like evident it is uh, to like the men I feel like we sometimes women are able to like have this communication with them like if we're really cool with like with you I could have this conversation but I feel like we never really had any like time to talk about it at work um but women's rugby is just like it's not as impactful I guess to just like people in general as men's rugby for some reason it's like they love men's rugby so much that they're happy to you know um what's so weird to like give money towards it and like watch it and just be involved and because that hasn't happened so much with women it's resources are so limited to us um they've been there have been so many changes to women's rugby within even just like this quarantine time. Like we've been finding out like all this information about like what it's actually cost us to not have that level of support. Um, And it's hard because there was a time period where women, uh, I think still technically women have to pay for like flights and we still have to pay like a ton of money if we go to camps. Um, If women get selected to go to like world cup and stuff, they they try to not have the women spend a lot of money but still because we don't have those resources they still have to spend money to get there or like to take care of certain things when they go on tours um and then like the men's rugby like men get paid they'll get paid to go to these like tours and camps and stuff like that and women are still trying to find funding to get there or to you know attend these things in the first place um and it kind of sucks. And I think they've been trying to figure out ways to change that, but it's so hard because the dynamic with like women is just us and ourselves, we have to learn how to like be better and more, you know, give more to the sport than just like, this is a, a, a fun little hobby to pick up. It's like to some of us, this is like something where we want to go after. Like I thought for sure that this was going to be what I spent most of my time doing. Like I was going to go pro in rugby, like, Waiting for like a women's league to show up. Um, I thought that was gonna be like something that would occur a lot sooner. Um, especially when I started picking it up, I was like, oh, this will be so like so great or whatever. Um, especially because watching like New Zealand having all these uh league teams and stuff was like, you know, that's where we're headed to. Uh, but it seems like it's just very slow going for you know the United States, um, which is hard. Um, I think we're still trying to figure out ways on how to change that and how to make it, you know, how to make it grow and build, Um, but it's hard to do. And so, yeah, I think that's just where we are now.
0: I meant to hit on your experience with roots that that rugby club. And I think like clubs like that opening up that have not only a men's side, but a women's side and clubs that especially advocate for, you know players of African descent I think that would, clubs like that stand out to people, and that would help, uh, in my opinion, the women's game grow to have, you know, more clubs like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's hard to talk about sometimes, but um, T, who is, um, T and Kyle Granby are the ones who, like, were part of starting it, Um, when T being, like, one of the coaches and a player for the women, she specified a lot when, you know, she talked about me playing for Roots, is that I've stepped away a lot from like teams that I think would show off my talent to be, to play for roots because it's meant so much more. It's about showing the fact that like, regardless if I've gone to these camps, the thing that's held me, like held me back is it could be my color, but it could also be the fact that I don't have the resources that a lot of the other women that attend these camps have. Um, And so it set me back whether or not I, I deserve to be on that team, it's, it's changed so much because of where I come from and who I am and like what I can offer, um, you know, financially anyways. And so I've just made it a point to like show that I, I love the fact that Roots was even created because the honest truth is a lot of the times, you know, people of color, aren't given the opportunity, aren't given the opportunities that they deserve because they're people of color. And we talk about it all the time, whenever like roots get together is so much of the people that are there have all this potential. And most of the time when they get, you know, when they go to a team, they're straight up put it at the wing because they're just like, basically in their minds, it's like, you're black, so you must be fast. And it's like, so messed up and so insane. But even then, it's like, we don't get the the opportunity to develop anywhere else or just develop in in rugby in general, because they're just like, Oh, we need you is for speed and like, you'll be fine. And it sucks, but it's literally everywhere. And it's hard to, you know, pinpoint like specifically that this team does it or like this coach does it because sometimes you don't notice that you're just there for like the experience of rugby and to play and to have fun. And so sometimes we don't see that. Um, And I can't specifically say that I've seen it anywhere. Um, I've been lucky enough that like whenever I present my or show up to a certain camp or something, I give it my absolute all. So no one can try to put me in a box. Um, But I've specifically like made a point to go to roots because I want to show that this is, this is the reality of things. And people might be ignoring that because I may be somewhere in between. Um, But that's where I, I stand behind roots completely.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a great point. Like, obviously you don't see a lot of black fly halves out there a lot of black scrum halves, and in rugby fly halves are practically the quarterback of the team and you know it's a mental position that uh black players you, you just don't see uh have the opportunity to to thrive in you know they just put us at the wing so that's a great point g um but i guess that's that wraps this this little episode up uh i thank you so much for for doing this this
1: yeah for having me this is so cool it's, it's funny because i've been slowly trying to like remove myself i guess from rugby because i i don't know it's caused so many of these like emotions in general um but you asking me to do this i was like oh i really miss rugby and i do like love to talk about it so i'm like i'm totally excited that you asked me to do this in the first place
0: it was nice to relive the glory days quote-unquote
1: oh yeah you know? sure.
0: <laughs> but yeah and people like talking about themselves and like everyone I think has enjoyed coming on and sharing their story so
1: yeah for sure because I, I mean I don't talk about it at all like you didn't, know, <laughs> you didn't know half of those things about me so it's nice to actually like talk about that you know I have had the opportunity to have all these things um yeah so it's cool mm-hmm.
0: yeah I'm glad I got to pull some some uh some stuff out of you because I know you're, you're a little too modest. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you got to talk a little bit about yourself. <laughs>
1: yeah, thank you. This is great.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Geo Cruz, everyone. She's a great representation for not just women in rugby, but for all of rugby. And definitely need more people like her, not only in the sport, but in the world. And that's just a fact. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate five stars if you believe it deserves it. And also leave a question in the description, and I'll make sure to answer it on the show. I got a question last week um, from someone asking what my most memorable moment in rugby was. And I'd have to say scoring a try in the CRC is my senior year. Um, We were in the college rugby championships on ESPN. It was our second group stage game against Temple. Uh, I was able to start and play that entire game, and I scored the opening try of the game. That's something I'll just never forget, because of the stage obviously, and uh, yeah, the importance of 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 the game and the, you know, how we finished that tournament. We kind of shocked everybody by knocking off Cutstown, so that that makes uh, all those games that we played in that tournament even more memorable. Also, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Other than that, that wraps up this week's episode of the Believe in Rugby podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. It means a lot. I've gotten a lot of positive reviews, which I very much appreciate. And to quote a famous friend of mine, peace, love, and joy until next week. Peace out.